as a Muslim in, in the Western world, you know, people look at me and I look white, if you allow me to say that. Yeah. You know, when I start speaking, I don't sound like I've got an accent. Depends who I'm talking with. I said, hey, I'm Muhammad. You're, yeah. You know, I have people say, Muhammad, that's, uh, yeah, that's Muslim. Oh, your parents must be reverts, converts. No, I'm born Muslim. And so, you know, they have a problem with accepting me for who I am. We can't get beyond that. My role is really to say to people, you know, let's get a little beyond. Let's become a human bridges. Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have a great guest on, Mohammed Hamoud. And the reason why I think this guest is great is because when I came across his profile on LinkedIn and I saw the unfiltered leader, it is something that I was like, you know what? That is something that one is we need. And I'm very interested to hear more about it. So welcome to the show, Mohammed. Thank you very much for having me here. It's uh, refreshing to be on this side of the interview and uh, I thank you for allowing me to be your guest today, Terrell. Really, really excited to, uh, to be on this journey with you today. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we jump into talking about your business and the leadership, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and you know, what that journey was like. Sure, I'll start with, uh, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm married for 20 plus years. I've got three kids. That's my first dedication is to my family and the difference that I can make to them and just supporting them and being um, the person that's bringing in uh, the support financially, spiritually, uh, and working with my wife on creating an environment where our children can learn values of becoming better people in this world, hopefully thinking of their future. So that's where I start every day. That's what gets me out of bed. And my journey, I, I'm an immigrant here in Canada. I came to Canada when I was just a little over seven. We we're refugees, left everything because of the civil war in Lebanon, uh, tried to settle down here. My dad had a hard time because um, we, we literally dropped and sold everything, for, gave it for free. Uh, and as we were trying to settle down here in Canada, uh, my dad got sick. We really lived on the, um, the grace of the system, right? We, we didn't have a lot of money. And uh, I was the first in my family, the youngest of nine children to uh, follow through with post-secondary education. I was really gifted the opportunity because I, I got money from scholarships. I got money from uh, the government that I repaid back. And it was an opportunity for me to say, I can do it. And I did. I, I followed uh, my dreams of wanting to get a post-secondary education. And throughout the time I've had full-time roles. I've worked with government. I've worked with businesses. I started my own businesses, several of them off and on, helped my wife launch uh, a bomboniere business. But what I do today is I work with um, people, individuals, as well as firms, as well as companies, to help them create cultures individually, but also at the organizational level, where people feel they belong, that our diversity is celebrated, that we're intentionally inclusive in our approach so that everybody feels like they have a seat at the table. And when you do that, you create that environment of equity. People not only feel that they can be part of the solution and they want to work with you and help you achieve your vision and uh, realize your mission, but they, the values that govern how you get work done, those behaviors resonates with them and then they work for you and they, you harness a workforce that basically works for free for you. And I, what I mean by that, it's one thing to pay someone their, their weekly dues, right? 
but it's another thing to have somebody pay you back with their determination and hard work. So that's my role as someone who goes and works with individuals through one-on-one coaching or uh, organizations to coach their employees and to cre- design cultures where people can create that environment and really feel propelled to move forward and work together. Wow. I mean, with it, 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 your, your background just seems so well fitted for that, like I said, uh, of just coming, uh, you know, for, through the experience, unfortunate experience of being a refugee, of, of landing in a new place and having to figure out, you know, how, did you, how do you fit there? I mean, I mean I, I'm curious as to, you know, during that process, like, you know, how, how was it for your family of really, like I said, figuring out, okay, how do we fit into this new country? Like what, how old were you then? I was just a little over seven, so I was about seven and a half. I had to change my name, so um, check it out. There's a TED Talk out there about reclaiming my identity. I talk about the different personas that I've been through because, you know, we were told we fit in better with Western names. So Muhammad became Mike. Mike eventually became Mikel because I hated Mike. Um, Mikel became Miguel when I went to Spain, and then I came out of the closet and embraced my Islamicness, and and I became Muhammad again. But gee, I did that at the time of the Gulf War, and then 9/11. And uh, I mean, you're a black person. Do you, you know, unfortunately, are the communities that we live in? Do you ever really feel that you belong? It's a struggle every day. Off camera, you asked me about, um, you know, how's 2021 for me so far, and I said to you, you know, whatever comes my way good or bad, I take it, I, I, I adapt, and then I figure out how can I respond and how can I own it, if it's good or if it's bad. And that's because that's been this history and the story of my life. I've, you know, there's things you control and things you don't control. So as a younger person facing, I was bullied, I was facing racism and bigotry and discrimination. And, you know, that's why I, I made reference to you as a black person in the United States. That's not an easy place. We want to work to be in a better place, but we've got a lot of work. We've done a lot, but we're not there yet. As a Muslim in, in the Western world, you know, people look at me and I look white, if you allow me to say that. Yeah. You know, when I start speaking, I don't sound like I've got an accent, depends who I'm talking with. I said, hey, I'm Muhammad. You know, yeah. You know, I've had people say, Muhammad, that's, uh, yeah, that's Muslim. Oh, your parents must be reverts, converts. No, I'm born Muslim. And so, you know, they have a problem with accepting me for who I am. We can't get beyond that. My role is really to say to people, you know, let's get a little beyond. Let's become a human bridges, connectors, mm-hmm. where, you know, our differences aren't things that tear us apart, the things that bring us together, where we find commonality, and the things that we continue to disagree upon, we use them as opportunities to get better, and opportunities to have diversity, and opportunities to say, hey, we have creativity, because you and I don't necessarily agree, but what can we agree on? What can we take from, how can you weigh in, and how can I get you to buy in? And so that mentality, and that mindset is about bringing the diverse Diversity is a fact, inclusion is a choice. You have to be intentional about creating spaces of belonging. And you can't do that if you're always in your, in, in, you know, in your part of the ring where you put your fists up and you say, I'm ready to fight. You have to really put down your guard and say, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to, to build that bridge rather than build that wall. Mm-hmm. No, I think that is amazing. And, and I'm, I'm curious as, you know, with, you know, with just the reality of the world we live in where there are, there are a lot of people who are, you know, resistant for various reasons. Some just, they, they don't grasp the value of mm. kind of that, 
you know, that diversity, you know, the, the many valuable things that come from an environment of diversity. What has that journey been like in working with organizations, like I said, of building up your, your business around, like I said, providing this clarity and this training and helping people make that mental shift? What has that journey been like with, you know, connecting with customers or clients and helping them start to take that journey themselves? What I start with is baselining that we're not here to shame, we're not here to blame, we're not here to point fingers. We start, human beings start from a place of fear. We come into this world crying. And when we leave, people cry over us. So there's always this element of fear. And it's a matter of how do you take the fear and balance it with love? Because fear and love are the opposites of each other, right? But fear can take us into the direction of hatred because fear leads, you know, takes us into ignorance. Ignorance takes us into hatred at one extreme, right? But if we can say, let's use fear to take us into knowing, knowing takes us into, you know, if you listen to people and learn about their stories, inevitably you'll learn to love them. And when you love people, you'll learn to lead them and empower them to lead themselves. So the conversations I have with individuals, conversations that I have with, with organizations, as I say, can you afford not to have people work with you? You know, how, how much time and effort and money can you put in telling people what to do as opposed to letting them weigh in so you gain the buy-in when you show them the opportunity cost of not doing business the right way of not being inclusive of not sitting at the table and making sure there's room for people who have different views people who look differently than you people who speak differently than you it's an opportunity to do things differently and different doesn't necessarily mean better Different just means that you've let down your guard, you've let down your fear, you start pulling away at your ignorance and you start showing your desire to lean in and to learn. When you learn, as I mentioned in the, you, earlier, you inevitably learn to lead with compassion. And those are the sort of leaders that we need. So the conversation starts out with, not here to tell you you're doing something wrong. We're here to look at what are you already doing that works well? How do we build on that? What are you doing that needs a bit of improvement? And what behaviors, what are you doing that needs to stop? When you empower them to be part of the conversation and to be reflective on those three areas, what we're doing well, what needs improvement and what behaviors need to stop altogether, then you say, how do you use that to build your business model so that you collectively with your workforce can achieve your vision? Inevitably, what you want is an organization for the team. If you go to McDonald's and there's nobody working in the back making your hamburger and serving you through the drive-thru, guess what? Nobody drives through there and they go across the street to the competition. So when you create an organization that is for the team, you get people involved. They feel they're part of the process, part of the solution. I can make that person smile when I say, can I upsell you something? Can I get your fries with that? Is there anything else that you need? Thank you for coming today. How good do you feel when you drive through and somebody smiles at you when they hand you your meal? You feel you can eat that meal and say, wow, I feel value in what I have, right? So when you create an organization where the team is your focus, where you use the team to create an organization for your client, and then you take those values of working for your people and your client, and you say, we want to give back to the community. Now you've got a holistic picture of what your organization, whether you've got an organization of five people or five 
100 people or 5,000 people. Your ultimate goal is we're here for you, our people that make us who we are. We're here for our client who, whose problem we're trying to solve because inevitably, whatever you bring to your client, you're solving a problem for them. That's why they come to you first. But then that feeling of we need to give back so if we've got people in our focus and we got profits in our other focus, the balance is what are we doing for our stakeholders, but also for the wider community? How do we give back? How do we create safe spaces? How do we have conversations and be a role model organization for others in the community to say, look at what we're doing. Can you do it better? And that healthy competition with others in the community means that we have a society that is built on trust, built on loyalty, built on creating safe spaces of belonging for everyone. Those are the conversations that not only we have, but they're conversations we need to have. And when you look at what's going on right now, you and I are talking about a time when, well, we're all behind doors and lockdown because of COVID in the States, we just saw something really ugly happen with people marching on the Capitol a few days ago. So the question is, can we afford to stay with this old outdated system where some people are better because of the color of their skin or the language that they speak or, or, or their beliefs trump yours and mine. The idea is that we have to be open. We have to learn to love and to listen and to lead and then empower others to do the same. Awesome, awesome. Now, you know, those are all amazing conversations and, and great things for organizations to learn. So how do you usually work with organizations? Is it one-on-one group sessions? How, does, how do people usually work with you? So my background, I started from training. You know, I, I would go into workshops, live workshops, where I'd get people together. We, we'd have fun. We'd look at different personality styles. We'd figure out, you know, I, I use the term often, how can you let people weigh in to buy in? Because when people feel that they're part of, you know, helping you address the problem that you have, helping you bring a solution, people want to work with you. So I started out with workshops, talking to organizations about, Leveraging the skill sets and the diversity of their teams, whether it's diversity in personality, diversity in the different skills that they bring, diversity in different perspectives. It's understanding that diversity is all around us. But that is only a fact. I can look around me and say, yeah, sure, diversity is all around me. But what's my mindset to allow me to engage with that diversity? That's where I have to think, how do I listen to people? How do I bring them and allow them to sit at the table? How do I move back so that I'm actively listening with what God gave me two of and speaking with what he gave me one of. So listening is very important because it means that I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to, to, to understand. I'm willing to uh, expand and spiral to new levels of, 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 of um, knowledge and being. So having those conversations means that organizations are investing in creating a better workforce and then what other ways can we support their emerging or senior leaders? You know, how often do you see leaders who are great at what they do, subject matter experts, and then all of a sudden they're made people managers? Maybe they don't want to do that. Maybe they don't know how to do that. So it's creating that analysis, working with the organization, whether they're human resources or their senior leadership, and saying, first of all, you have to role model that behavior. So let's work with the senior leaders on that organization because you don't want to role play, you want to role model. 
if you think we can tell you what to do, top-down leadership, you just go and do it, but we got to take care of the business. Then you're telling everybody, just come up and do your things your way. You've got to show people how you flip it over and your servant leadership is about how can I role model? How can I empower you? How can I trust you enough that I can sit back and let you do the work so I can focus on the other things that my job requires me to do? So it starts with the senior leaders and it works its way down to have them role model that behavior. And we look at people in the organization who needs to learn a skill, who needs to improve a competency, who needs mentorship, who needs coaching. So it could take the form of workshops, it could take the form of one-on-one coaching, it could take the form of creating a, a, a reciprocal generational um, mentorship program where we're, I'm working with the organization, identifying how senior leaders who've been with the organization for 20 plus years could work with junior uh, people who've just come, maybe millennials, Gen Zers, Xers, right? They've just come, they just graduated school. Think of what they could bring and think of the opportunity now with reciprocal mentoring you don't all, it doesn't always have to be mentor, mentee. I can be the mentor and I can be the mentee because I can learn from what the other person is teaching me and I can give back to them. So that situation leadership is what we try to coach the organizations on. But if you don't start with the leaders, if you don't start with the senior leadership, then what you're doing is you're creating pockets of, of, um, uh, of change within the organization that's not supported where change really happens. And that's where the organizational leadership themselves are saying, we want to role model, not role play. Gotcha, gotcha. So if people are interested in getting in touch with you, learning more about your organization, how can they find you online or on social media? So the best is go on LinkedIn, connect with Mohammed Hamoud. There's a couple of websites out there. So I've, you know, cause I, I do a few different things. So I, I'm a trainer, facilitator, I'm as public, you know, I, I do keynote speaking, but really I bring that in and I say, what do you need? What does my client need? Do they need coaching for the senior leaders? Do they need workshops? And now all workshops are virtual. It's not an issue. You and I are connecting virtually. So reach out to me on LinkedIn, find out, how I can help you. What is it that your organization needs? How can we have a conversation? I'll listen to you. I'll learn what your needs are. And together, we'll be able to come up with a solution that can empower your people to be engaged and really to work for you. And for you to be able to harness a workforce that is engaged for you and for the community and for the team. Awesome. Awesome. And then also you mentioned earlier about, you know, said great to being on this side of the interview. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the show that you do? (laughs) Right. So I have uh, um, a podcast called Young Filter Podcast. It's been around for almost six months now. Interviewed wonderful people, leaders like you in, in the community who are making a difference, making an impact. Really Unfiltered is about how do we show up authentically? You know, how do we remove the masks that we hide behind leaders, individuals, How do we overcome the imposter syndrome? How do we have conversations about showing up emotionally intelligent people, leaders who role model behavior and not role play it? So if you're interested, look it up on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, it's called The Unfiltered. U-N-F-L-T-R-D stands for understanding, nurturing, focused, listeners, trustworthy, resilient, and driven individuals who want to make an impact in the workplaces where they are, in the communities, in their homes. Awesome. Awesome. Now, before we wrap up, one last question I like to ask every guest is when you think about, you know, your journey of where you've been and where you are today, what are two lessons that you've learned that you would share with other business owners? 
never give up. Never give up. That's one. Just be resilient and know that you're making a difference, but it takes work. It takes effort. Don't get lazy. Just keep going. And the second is that there's no such thing as there. We're always waiting for the next shiny object. You know, I put my head on my pillow and I think tomorrow I'm going to achieve this to help me get there. But where is there? The destination is an ongoing process. It's not a transaction. It's, a, it's an ongoing process for us to continuously build and become better versions of ourselves, better fathers, better mothers, better partners, better community members, better leaders in our workplaces. So don't think of getting there. Think of what can I learn from my past? We've, we've all heard the expression that the past is a gift, the future, right? And, and right now the present to live in the present, that is truly a gift. So think of what can I do today? What do I control? What can I change? Not expect others to change, what can I do? And how does that help me continue to evolve and spiral to new levels of being? Because there is no there, you have to be here. Awesome. Well, Mohammed, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate pleasure. having you. So thank you for sharing your story and My your pleasure. journey with us. Terrell, thank you so much. Thank you to your listeners and uh, stay blessed. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the business talk library is the place where business makes sense.